All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's edition of the Fresh Takes Podcast with Russo and Felice. I am Paul Russo. Well, I get to today, across from me as always, man, myth, legend himself. I don't think I've seen the hoodie yet from you, uh, Nick, but uh, Nick Felice, how you doing today? You know, I'm representing my college today, Cuca College. Yeah, I went to school. Um, <laughs> actually, this, this I got this sweatshirt my freshman year, and that's all I bought from that school. I've already paid them enough. They don't need any more. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, Paul. There's um, two of us on that front. <laughs> I will admit I was wrong. The winner of the Ravens-Titans game is not yeah. going to the Super Bowl. You were loud wrong. I was loud right about the Packers. Were you? Yeah. yeah. I want to go back to the preview show. <laughs> Roll the clip. What did you say? I think you might have said last place. I don't. Uh, we don't have that. <laughs> I, I'm almost certain you didn't even have them in the playoffs, but they were one win away. From yeah, the I'm Super talking Bowl. about like the game though itself. Oh, okay. It was loud, right? All right, <laughs> you were. Speaking of being loud, what are you wearing anyway? What is that hat? Oh, so um, this is the uh, Syracuse Mets for a few games a year. They turn themselves Show into the Syracuse Salt Potatoes, and uh, I love minor league baseball, so this is pretty dope. Take a look at a, I thought it was a piece of turd at first. Uh, that's a salt potato. And then on the back, nice little, there we go. There we go. There you go. That's a little homage to Syracuse there. So Syracuse Mets. Now they're the Mets, formerly the Chiefs, formerly the Sky Chiefs, formerly the Chiefs. So Tim Tebow's home. Tim Tebow, just shout out Tim Tebow, just got married. Just got married. To an that's Xmas right. universe this last weekend. Mm-hmm. He's a Syracuse Mets legend. Yeah. Yeah. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of current events, though, uh, obviously the NFL championship will discuss that. Um, may seem like a lot, but each one has a mountain that we can get to in time. So uh, championship weekend, uh, the NBA and NHL are both at their halfway points. Uh, so we'll discuss Can't what's it. going on there. The Astro fallout continues on. We'll discuss some stuff there. Our Hall of Fame reactions um to who got in and who didn't as well as my reveal of my fictitious vote <laughs> and you mean the 10 who you would have voted for huh you're gonna say say the 10 who you would have voted for? i did vote 10 so yes and, i can't uh, wait we'll discuss a little bit of wayne finger leaks hoops action going on but to get you yankee fans mm-hmm. excited this is a yankee fan over here in paul who mm-hmm. is not a Derek Jeter fan. I mean, I'm... One of you. I'm a fan, but he's not my boy, as everyone... Every Yankee fan wants to be. He's not high on Derek Jeter. No. But he is a high Yankees fan. Yes. You might want to work on your phrasing, but yes. <laughs> Excuse me. We'll that will wrap the, the viewers in. The three people who are watching right now live... Are here until the end of the show to hear your take. On Close Derek on Jeter. the number there, Nick, but you're wrong. Wait, how many we got? Four. Ooh. <laughs> Please don't leave. <laughs> Three. No. But, yeah. This is terrible. It's a tough time. You know, it's 10 p.m. No, I, 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 I'll, I'll say this part now. I, I think it's fair. I, the, the way I associate a lot with my favorite athletes is if I can connect with them in some way. Like, in terms of 
say like age, like right now in NASCAR, like my favorite drivers are like Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Bubba Wallace, like they're all my age. Um, for instance, like Bubba, like I like he's a big video game, big gamer, and you know that's someone a hobby of mine. I'm not as in depth as him, but it's a hobby of mine that I but enjoy. Do, do you think you're the the only Syracuse basketball Yankee fan that doesn't like Melo and Jeter? I I don't think I'm the only one. Take but it, take I it. I think run. there's. You're special, probably, man. We're a very small minority, is my bad. You're special, man. Oh, there's a lot of Yankee Syracuse fans. Yeah, but but you gotta be the only I one do. that doesn't like both. Well, like again, like I referenced, like I I could never connect with Carmelo's game or him personally. Um, I just you know I've always felt that Melo played is a very selfish brand of basketball, and that's not something I've been able to connect with. Um, it's going to sound weird, but like I favorite player going up with Shaq, and the reason for that is because I was a grew up on the low post, and you kind of mimic. But the guys that I like now currently, like Dwayne Wade, it's going to sound weird at least for you, like you, because I know where you stand. But like LeBron, I like. Um, I you don't. Say, I, you say that, but LeBron leads the league in assists, so. If the viewers don't know, I am a big LeBron hater. But but not to get too far along the line, but you get the idea. Like my like my favorite one of my favorite football players growing up of all people was Mark Brunell. Like <laughs> just at, and like my favorite baseball player growing up was Jason Giambi. Like it, I could connect with the guy playing a corner who hit for power and was a bigger guy. Like I've, I've always been rather, you know. Big, so that's, that's well <clears throat> put, Paul. It's just I'm saying I think you're the only one. Yeah, no, I, like I said, like I I don't think I'm like the only one, but I guarantee you that the club of us could probably fit inside this room. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> uh, with that in mind, speaking of being a hater, I'll move on and get my uh, gloating out of the way here because the Chiefs and 49ers advance to Super Bowl Fifty Four. I kind of alluded to this. I don't think I said it as much on the podcast as I did probably when I was just with, like, you, Nick, and our brothers and hanging out. Um, this past weekend I thought would be the most chalk weekend in terms, <clears throat> excuse me again, of, of teams advancing and what, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I'm telling him, we'll be battling Flem this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Michael Jordan, Paul Russo episode. But but in terms of 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 what to expect, I, I figured this weekend would be very chalk. Uh, Chiefs, 49ers would win. They both did. Uh, had a hunch of both games going over. Um, they both did, but I was admittedly a bit frightened of the Chiefs-Titans over-under, where it sat at the time. Um but both games did get over. Um, but I, I think, you know, the main talking point I want to get to really is sort of a hand-in-hand offensively for both teams. Um, Raheem Most, uh, Mossert's, I mean, big day. I mean, it was, at least in terms of, like, the national audience, this was his career day. He had a career day last year before he got hurt. And the 49ers rewarded him pretty well. Um, at least both player and team-wise, it's a, it was a tremendous deal uh, at the time and still is. But this this puts him on the map 
Um, you know, I'll let me pull the exact stats up here so I don't get them wrong. Um, so he had four rushing touchdowns. Let's start with that. That's something you don't hear a lot of anymore across, you know, even high school football, all the way through college and the pros, um, especially in the crunch time games. 220 yards on the ground. He averaged 7.6 yards uh, each touch. That, not to put whatever, but that's video games numbers. That That is video game numbers right there. Um, it you have to you have to kind of tip your cap to Kyle Shanahan trusting the run um, enough that they literally were doing effectively what felt like the same play over and over, and the Packers couldn't stop them. Flip side of that around, obviously, uh, at least in terms of winning, would be the Chiefs. That offense simply just rolled. Um, they pretty much, I mean, obviously the defense played a key role, but that offense for sure kept Tennessee out of arm's length um, effectively the whole game. Um, again, you look at stuff for that team. Mahomes effectively put the team on his back. Um, he was the leading rusher for the team. Um, Passing-wise, Three touchdowns, 294 through the air. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, and this is this is why I feel like uh, it's a good idea to have the MVP voting done before the before the start of playoffs because this would have been a game where I think Mahomes would have been able to flip some votes for him in his favor. Um, probably still a top three vote getter for MVP is my bet, but I, I, I don't think he'll win it. But you know, digressing away from that. Nick, big takeaways from this weekend? Uh, Moser, definitely. So I, th- I think this guy's been on like seven teams. Five. Five. Yeah. But a lot of those teams, he didn't even get a snap on the field. This is crazy. This guy is the real deal. We've seen spurts of him throughout the last couple of years, maybe especially last year with the Niners. And uh, this guy's talented. This guy gets like seven yards a run, it seemed like, last year when he was getting his carries. He's way better than those other running backs they had, Breida and Coleman. I've never been a big Coleman fan. Him and Freeman, Atlanta, not big fans. But Mozart's the real deal. That defense, that offensive line's the real deal. That defensive line's the real deal. The Niners are the real deal. I haven't been high on them all year, but now I am. Then you look on the Chiefs. They played similar game than they did in the division round. Got behind early, 17-7. Just like the, the Texans, what was it, twenty-four nothing? They stormed right back, went on a huge run, blew them out. But then you look at it again. I think we were getting over distracted or whatever. I don't know how to put this. People got fooled by the Titans, how they beat the Patriots and the Ravens, and then you always look at Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. People were getting distracted by those. These are still the Packers and the Titans. We've never looked at the Packers and Titans all year long as elite good teams. They just came down to earth. You know, they had a nice little run, but it came down to earth. Like you said, shock happened. But back to Moser, 
Derrick Henry was the story running back this entire playoffs, but now going into the Super Bowl, I think we need to start talking about Raheem Mozart. Raheem Mozart, Paul, I think is a top five running back in this game right now. The way this guy's running, this guy needs to deserve a chance. This guy is the real deal, Paul. Real deal. Deal. And no deal, no deal, deal or no deal, deal. <laughs> Taking Raheem Moser in forty thousand, but uh, uh, I, I, it wasn't the most exciting championship weekend. Uh, I think it'll be more exciting than the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you can bet the Pro Bowl. That's so. Wait, sense. you can? Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, it's like uh, either fl- it's like flipping a coin. Betting the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I mean, you can look at it. Oh, this this team has less replacements than the other team, so they have to be the favorite. But I don't know. I ain't touching that Pro Bowl. But I probably won't even watch the Pro Bowl. I'll probably watch the Pro Bowl dodgeball game before the actual Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. A tradition unlike any other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got <clears throat> the dunk contest. You got the home run derby. Then you got dodgeball. And then the skills competition hockey. But you know. Taken away from this, this is going to be a very exciting Super Bowl. Got the best defense in the game versus arguably the best player in the game in Patrick Mahomes. It's kind of hard for me. I know we're not making picks till next week. Even though, well, we can, we can, we don't have to say anything, but we know you won't be here next yes, week. Yes, breaking so. news, I won't be here next week. So I am making my pick now. Hold on. Let me uh, get to the straight away. Hold on here. I got this. Nick. I know it's early. Wait, wait, you're our first early big board. You know. Prediction. Nick, who is winning Super Bowl 50? It's hard for me to go against that defense. I am going with the San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Wow. 24-17. Yes, Pat Mahomes throws an interception on the final drive. Wow. Of the At the one-yard line. No, nah, I'm just kidding. It's going to be about the 30-40 on the Niners' side. Niners going to make a big play. Guess who makes the interception? Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. Even though I wanted to be Bosa. Moving on. <laughs> yep. Uh, you you said it, but uh, I think it goes without saying the Packers um, they got exposed a little bit on Sunday. Um, it's good being right. You're Rod- a big Packers hater. Rodgers didn't look good. Who do you hate more, Jeter or the Packers or Mello? <laughs> the Packers. <laughs> the Packers. But uh, yeah. Uh, if you're a Packers fan, I, I think there's admittedly a little bit of worry knowing that you'll have a first-place schedule next year. Um, I think uh, you need to get out and get yourself a receiver. Uh, go out. You can probably do it through the draft a little bit if you're smart. Get yourself maybe a, a fatty for up front. Alabama's got a lot um, of good ones. Bolster that defense. Find a way to bolster that defense up a little bit. Um, might be time too to maybe look for a quarterback, uh, an heir apparent. So, do you like them in the North next year? No. Who do you like? If 
if they're able to keep if they're able to keep everyone healthy and make some upgrades in a couple spots, I think the Minnesota Vikings win it. Um, that being said, I'm really intrigued by that Lions team next year. I'm intrigued by a healthy Stafford. Um, in the few games we saw of him this year, uh, what was it, five games, he was putting up career numbers. That team was trending in the right direction. Kenny Galladay's um, stock is going up too. Um, I I really really intrigued to what the Lions could be next year. Mitch Trubisky. Um, I don't think he was the whole problem. I think he was a part of it, but his part was not fully on him either. So. Uh, the Bears have a shot at, I'd say, a wild card next year if if they can. Again, like everybody else, but I, I for for the Bears, they need I think work on that offensive line more or less. Now, real quick, yeah. Do the Titans have to sign Tannehill and Henry? I'd say you give Tannehill like a two-year deal, and you have to sign Derrick Henry. You have to. I wouldn't put all my stock in Tannehill. I don't know if this was just a flash-in-the-pan type deal. I'd like to imagine not. I'm, I I do like Tannehill in the game that he has. But knowing his track record, you do have to kind of tread water with it. Give him a two-year deal. I think he'd accept a two-year, like, $30 million-ish range. Um, you're not investing a ton of money long-term. Um that being said, $15 million is an awful lot to be seeing a bench for a whole year potentially, even if it is a two-year deal. Uh, but if you're the Titans, I, I, I think you for sure are moving on from Mariota. Um, do you trade up in the draft and maybe take one of the young guys? Do you take a Herbert possibly? Do you risk letting one potentially slide to you? I don't know. Uh, but I think it makes the most sense for sure get Henry – Try and get Tannehill on a friendly deal. I agree. Let's uh, move on then. Since um, obviously we don't have to make any predictions this week. Um, No football to discuss, so we'll get to the NBA and around the association at their midway point. Um, I said that this team was going to win the East, and I don't think I expected the domination to be as big as it's been for them. Uh, But the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team in the NBA. Not by much, but the best team in the NBA. And they are running away with the Eastern Conference right now. They got eight games over second place Miami Heat, who I will talk about in a second here. Um, and then I, I, I did not expect the Lakers, I expect the Lakers to be up in the top half of the, of the playoff standings for the West. I don't think I expected them to be number one in playing and effectively really dominating the way they have uh, so far this year. Um, But they got four games up on second place in the West in Denver. Um, It's been surprising. I know you've you've become a little bit disinterested uh, at this point, Nick, but... I play fantasy basketball. It keeps me in Well, yeah, but, you know, the Knicks had... I'll call it a marginal hope for the year, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, in, in terms of especially the top two teams in each conference, do you think they can continue on with their their domination so far? Uh, especially maybe Milwaukee more or less than the Lakers at this point, given the fact that, at least from the outside looking in, it's just Giannis. Well, I mean, Paul, I just want to say one thing real quick. I applaud you that you did not put Zion Williamson on that bottom line right there. Why would I? Making his NBA <laughs> debut tomorrow night. Don't I've care. heard about it all day. As you, if you do all know, I am not a Zion Williamson fan. I don't get the hype. Paul, are you a fan? No. No. That was a yawn no. We're not fans. Both of America is. Don't get the hype. Kid can't shoot. I'm sure he's a good kid. But he's like, is he even Julius Randle? And so what he can dunk? Russell Westbrook dunks all the time. I don't get the hype. I just don't get the hype. But be out of the league in a few years. I just need to get that off my chest. And if we're talking about my Knicks, let's just real quick. If you don't know, if you're first time watching, I am a – so the big three sports are football, baseball, and basketball. I'm a fan of the Knicks. I'm a fan of the Giants. And I am a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates for family. Those three teams lost their coach in a three-month span. I don't think anybody could ever even – I don't know if any other fan could ever deal with it in the three big sports lose your coach and th- all their coaches in three months. So the Knicks lost their coach in Dave Fisdale. Good. He was he was all talk. He said he was going to bring in people, never brought in people, never won anything, never developed any players. The new coach we got, Mike Miller, he's won more games than that guy's ever won. In just a little amount of time. And he's doing a great job. I will say one thing about the Knicks. Love Marcus Morris. Need to sign that man. He's the real deal. I've been saying that all day. Real deal. Sign Marcus Morris. Done for the Knicks. Weird thing is the Knicks still have a shot at the playoffs. Because the East is terrible. Speaking of the West. Need to take a shot at David Griffin. Uh, Don't get why they keep saying this guy's so good. Uh... Lakers trade away all their players, all their young players. Yeah, they really miss them. Pelicans suck. The Lakers could lose Anthony Davis for a little bit and still be good with LeBron with these other players. He wasn't good with these scrubs like Ingram and Ball and all them. They're gone. Good luck with them, David Griffin, because you suck with Zion. Hold on. Did you really think that that the Pelicans were going to be good this year? (laughs) No, I'm just... No, there's no doubt, but those players they got are not good. They're all right. Ingram, Ball, they're all right. I mean, Ingram's earned himself a paycheck, if you know what I mean. <laughs> they're all right. I mean, look at the Lakers. LeBron is playing without Anthony Davis. They're still playing well with these other guys, and Ingram and Ball and all them. I don't know. I'm just not a David Griffin fan. He can go kiss Zion, whatever. Go to New Orleans, have a good life, man. Anyway, about the Lakers... That that doesn't deal with that. Uh, not room for the Lakers. No. Don't like LeBron. Don't like the Lakers. Uh, go Clippers. They're the real deal. Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he's the best player in the league. Uh, Paul George is one of the more overrated players in the league. I, I don't think Paul George is that good. But if you have Kawhi, you got, you got the stuff. The West is basically... Basically... Clippers or Lakers. I don't care. 
I am a realist NBA guy. <laughs> but it's Clippers or Lakers. There's no doubt about it. Don't give me Rockets. Don't give me Nuggets. It, don't, don't even give me Jazz. If you say wow, Jazz. we have MLB breaking news. <laughs> good. I don't want to be talking about this. What? <laughs> well, no. We have, we'll save it for... Um, all right. It has, to do, it has to do with one of the things we're discussing. <laughs> it's Lakers or Clippers. I hope it's Clippers. In the East, it's Bucks and it's Bucks and it's Bucks. The Celtics and the Sixers, I hate both those teams. They're just not. I mean, the Celtics have a better chance than the Sixers, I should say. Paul, your Heat are a good team, but they're not going to the finals. They are going to maybe make the second round. Maybe them and the Pacers, you know. Second round. That's as far as they're going. They'll probably get the 4-5 seed. You get stuck playing. You have no idea where they are in the standings. Do I don't you? care that they're two. <laughs> they're two, three. There's a lot of time left to go. If they get stuck on the same side as the Bucks, they're not going to beat the Bucks. Especially, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. They're a good team. They're like the Nuggets. They're a good team. They just don't have a superstar. I'm sorry. Jimmy Butler is like a Paul George. He's not a superstar. He's a really good player. In the NBA, you need a superstar. If he was wearing a Knicks jersey, he'd be a superstar. No, he wouldn't. Yeah, he would. No, he wouldn't. Yeah. A superstar? No. He's a good player. A super. He's not a superstar. I mean, Jimmy Butler is a solid, good player. He's not going to win you a championship. It's it's the Bucks and the Clippers is who I think is going to go, and I think it's going to be the Clippers again because Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the NBA. But you know, you can be the Magic, Orlando Magic, nice team, first round exit. That's my take for the first half, Paul. What's yours? <sighs> talk about your Heat. You wanted to talk about them. Well, yeah, they're on the surprises. That's for sure. That's for sure. They are definitely. Um, yeah, I say. This, the Thunder have been a surprise. I did not expect them to be as good as they have been. And the Rockets, admittedly surprising how bad they seem at times. Um, not sure what the deal is there, but it is what it it's is. It's uh, Russell Westbrook. Inconsistent yeah. Russell Westbrook. Um, looking ahead, trade deadline is in about two weeks. Um, Jeff Teague already got traded. Yeah, Teague's already on the move. Iguodala just had his buyout. Um, sounds like one of the L.A. teams will be where he lands. What a bitch. I'm uh, sorry. What? Iguodala, you baby. What the hell just happened there? I- Iguodala. He's one of those spoiled NBA players I can't stand. Play for the Memphis Grizzlies, you douche. The Grizzlies didn't want to play him, though. Iguodala. He's going to Lakers figures. I don't know. All right, continue. Okay. And then after that, it's kind of going to get weird. I think Bradley Beal will be on the move. Uh, sounds like them, him and the Wizards are pretty much on the outs. Um, him and John aren't getting along? John hasn't played all year. This is actually the organization he's mad at. Um, I think an interesting team to keep an eye on is go be the Blazers. Um, they've been hurt. They've made so they've made a move already. Uh, feels more like a salary dump to kind of help possibly with some buyouts and trades here shortly. Uh, but they dumped Kent Bazemore to Sacramento as well as Anthony Tolliver for Trevor Ariza. Um, 
a couple younger guys who will probably just they'll stick in the G League for the year. I don't know if they're going to buy or sell at the deadline. Uh, they got a lot of their main pieces hurt right now. McCollum, Collins, Nurkic, uh, they're all hurt. Uh, Dame's pretty much out there doing it on his own, a la, you know, Steph Curry <laughs> before he got hurt. So um, it will be interesting to see, I think, what they do. Uh, it will be interesting to me to kind of see what the teams on the on the bubble in the East do. Uh, there's about three or four of them. Um, in my mind, in the Magic, Nets, Pistons, and Bulls, I don't know if they'll completely sell. I don't know if they'll completely go all in for the year. Um, Pistons have been rumored to pretty much be sellers, uh, and yet they've had a little bit of a resurgence during the past week. So it'll be interesting to see. Going over to the other winter sport for the year, uh, the All-Star break for the NHL, they're skating to it. It's this upcoming weekend in St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis is doing good. Mainly. Again? The, yes. The East is where the action is starting to pick up. Um, Tampa Bay has gone on a tear the past month. Florida's gone on a tear the past month. Uh, Carolina has gone on a tear the past month, things are getting interesting in the East to the point where some of these teams have flip-flopped positions. Toronto's been on the skids. Montreal's been on the skids. Uh, Boston, interestingly, because they've had such, they start off so great, uh, they've kind of been able to handle the past 10 for them. Sure, they've been above 500 technically for it, but when you have teams on your rear end that have gone 8-2 and two and 7-3 and three in their last 10, it kind of can frighten you a little bit. That being said, it's going to be an interesting battle, specifically in the East. I want to stay there mainly because I think you'll see a lot of the player movement happen there. Um, this ties into Buffalo. I don't want to scare you Sabres fans, but I think you might see some of your veteran players get moved here as we near the NHL's deadline. Um it will be interesting to me to see kind of what they do when he gets healthy again with uh, Jeff Skinner. Uh, I don't know what they'll do with their defense. Their defensemen have kind of been the weakness to me all year. Uh, you look at some of their scores, especially recently, a lot of 6 to twos, 5 to twos, that type of deal. Um, I, it's not all on goaltending at that point. Your defense has to step in at some point. Your offense has to step up at some, at some point. Um, unfortunately, I feel like a broken record the past couple of years with them. Um, this year, I, I didn't buy into it like I did last year with the Sabres. This year, I figured they'd start off hot, which they did, and they've gone flat since. You know, the Sabres got some really good core pieces, obviously, like an Eichel. Um, but you have good defenseman core as well, pieces that I think teams would want. If you if they offer up the right price, um, players on the move. The main one I want to talk about is a guy you probably most of you've never heard of. I guarantee Nick, you've never heard of this guy, but he's been a fun guy to have on my fantasy team. That'd be Jean Gabriel Pajou of the Ottawa Senators. Um, he's the 
top he's top 15 in scoring this year in the league. He has an extremely friendly contract, 660 $660,000 is his salary for the year. Um As a Lightning fan, I'd love to have him on the team. I think if you're any team, period, in the NHL, you'd love to have him on your team. He he puts puts the biscuit in the basket, puts pucks on net. Um, he's the guy I think you want. He's a very good guy. He doesn't have a lot of baggage with him. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see what goes on there. Uh, Nick, Rangers admittedly, They've had some peak moments in terms of excitement for the future, uh, but they are definitely going to be sellers at the deadline. Sounds like uh, effectively at this point, Chris Kreider is going to be on the move. Um, for you as a Ranger fan, obviously a little not bit. Jab. Not Zabena Jab. Not Zabena Jab. I mean, Capco still a lot of high hopes in him. Capo Kako. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I still think he's better than Jack Hughes as the two studs that came out in this year's draft. Jack Hughes on the Devils and Capco on the Rangers. But I just want to give a shout-out. I think the Rangers got a bright future. It's just going to be a little bit. But I just want to give a shout-out to Jack Eichel, man. That kid's been a stud. What did he have, like an 18-point streak or something like that? Yeah. He's a star for the Sabres. I wish the Rangers had a star like that. But, uh... Paul, I have a question for you for the yeah. NHL. Yes. This is a question and a question 1A and 1, 1A. It's a mm-hmm. one question and a 1A question. What do you think of the Vegas Knights firing their coach sec- two years out from their inaugural season and a finals appearance? And what do you think about that's not all even, these that, coaches getting fired? That's not even the crazier part about the Vegas story is the fact that they're are in the wild card spot right now, wild card one, and so very much so in the division race uh, for the for the Pacific Division. Now a lot of coaches um, been fired. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say a lot. Um, some of the ones you've you could kind of see from a little bit of a mile so from a mile away. Um, now didn't one get rehired for another team? Yeah, so that would be the Devils with uh, with Hines. Uh, they fired him. At the time, it was surprising. Looking back on it, not really. Um, that team has sent straight away Taylor Hall to the Coyotes. Um, I think they're they could be they're going to be sellers at the line. I don't know what pieces teams are going to fully want from them. Uh, PK Subban's having a very down year. Um, Wayne Simmons has been. He's been very serviceable. It's been quiet, though, from him as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Nashville fired their coach, which is a little bit surprising. So they brought in Hines uh, to coach there. They've enjoyed a nice little resurgence since then. Um, so maybe looking on it, you know, from the outside, maybe there's stuff we didn't know was going on with the Preds uh, in that respect. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Vegas one really surprises you, at least from the outside looking in. They have jumped the spot. They were wild card two when they fired uh, fired their coach. Now they're wild card one. Um, doesn't really make a huge difference in the grand scheme of things. Um, but, I mean, it, it poises yourself. You're closer to your division at that point. Um, they'll be – I don't know if they'll be buyer buyers at the deadline. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they've cut, just kind of stand pat for the year and see what see what comes of it. Now I've been to Vegas and they're high with their Vegas Knights. They love them there. They're at the moment still only pro team. I hear the football team's looking nice though. <laughs> for the Raiders. Yeah. But anyway, Cooperstown, New York. Well, you 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 were close. Throw uh, discuss the fallout still from the Astros continuing. Uh, because Cooperstown's close. Because at this point last week, uh, Beltron still had a job. Um, Astros Fan Fest hadn't happened yet. <laughs> um, so yeah, Beltron's out in Queens. Um, didn't even manage a game. Um, it's going to be one of those trivia questions. Name all the New York Mets managers. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot Beltron. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fallout now in the managerial sense of things is getting really interesting and weird. Uh, the Astros have seemingly jumped all over Dusty Baker. Uh, the Mets have yet to make a phone call to Dusty effectively saying, yeah, I mean. Is that the breaking news? No. Oh. Breaking news has to do with the second part of this. Oh. The lack of players owning what happened. Um, across the feed about 10 minutes ago, uh, the Astros players will be apologizing at spring training. Oh, for that what, changes everything. For what that's worth. Um, <laughs> Bregman and Altuve, I, I don't like saying this. I'm, I'm a very big proponent of uh, not beaning people intentionally. <laughs> Uh, we've had that discussion before, obviously. Um, but what do you think the odds are that Altuve gets the record for in-season hit by pitches? Now you said it was fifty-one. Year? Fifty-one. Yeah. Uh, uh I think there's a better chance because they're going to be hit. So they just hit in Bregman and Altuve. They can hit them all. Well, they're not going to hit them all. <laughs> I'm going to say George Springer leads the team in hit by pitches. Really. Altuve's a small guy. Did you not hear what Altuve said, though, at, at, at FanFest? It's going to be hard to hit the little guy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it could be Bregman. It's going to be one of them. Yeah, Paul, I think 51 is in jeopardy this year. I think they're going to – they're definitely going to lead the league in hit-by-pitches, which is nice for Pirates and Reds fans because they usually lead that category. But it's going to be someone in the American League West – leading that category this year because they play the Astros so many times. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, you don't cheat, man. You don't cheat. You, re- you just really don't even know if these guys are good players. I'm sure they're great athletes. Baseball and the blood. But when you have an advantage like that and you're a professional hitter, it's a it's a big, big, big uh, advantage. You know, you, you got a big plus there. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier knowing what's coming. And it's really affected some of the pitchers that have pitched against them who, are, who thought they had good stuff. Have you heard about Marcus Stroman, what he had to say? Mm-hmm. Yes. About like how he thought he had won some great stuff going against them, and then all of a sudden they kept hitting him, and they weren't swinging at some of his sliders. Mm-hmm. He couldn't believe it. But now he knows, and it just it makes you double think about every Astros game. That's happened in the last few years, because you just don't know if it's re- if it they cheated or not. And I don't think we ever will officially know, but there's a lot of evidence out there that goes against them. And a lot of people don't like the Astros. A lot of people around the league do not like the Astros. 
Paul, you're one of those people. Can confirm. That doesn't like the Astros. My brother doesn't like the Astros. Your your brother don't like the Astros. I personally miss the Astros because when the Astros were in the Pirates division, that always made us not come in last. <laughs> so I miss the Astros, but those are the National League Astros. Paul, talk about the American League Astros. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it's weird. I, I, especially in 2017. I, I don't think they needed the steel signs to win the World Series. Uh, it's just man, it, it 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 sucks. As a baseball fan, it sucks. Still, I, I keep saying that now over the course of the past three weeks. Um, it, it just it's it's kind of astonishing uh, just how widespread now this is fall the fallout is. Um, so it will be interesting to see. Now, now we have to wait another three weeks uh, until spring training for this to con- for the, for it to continue on. Because uh, I'm guessing the players apologizing will be the ones that were in the main involvement of it. They're still with the team. So, if I had to guess, I'm guessing that's Bregman. I'm guessing that's Altuve. I'm guessing that's going to be Correa. I'm guessing that's going to be Springer. Beltron's going to have to say something. Eventually, but him and Cora have not said anything. Hinch, Hinch had a statement, presumably written by, by you know, freaking law assistant at a lawyer's office. You know, same with Lou now. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know with this anymore. I. It's if you're an Astros fan, I'm I, I worry for you. And we haven't even heard about the Red Sox yet. <laughs> the Red Sox, yeah, I, that that's the part that's interesting to me. I wonder if theirs isn't as deep as we think it is, um, partially anyway. Um, it will just be interesting to kind of see. I, I I still am putting money on at least for the year. Uh, the Red Sox probably will roll with Ron or Nicky. Who was the bench coach? He was manager of the Brewers, uh, but he was the bench coach last year. Um, for the Red Sox. For the for the Red Sox, you know Astros. I, I my gut said Showalter at first. I might have to flip flop my it answer on the like Mets and that because it sounds like Dusty Baker. I said it would be the Mets, but it sounds like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Showalter's uh, in Queens for the next couple of years. Uh, be interesting though uh, to see there. Stick with the baseball. Uh, Derek Jeter and Larry Walker elected into the Hall of Fame. Um, nobody's had a surge quite like Larry Walker in the past four years, going from nearly falling off the ballot to getting in on his last opportunity on the 10th. Jeter, one vote shy of being unanimous. Um, Was it 396? Yep, 396. Out of 397. Out of 397. 99.7% of the vote. Larry Walker had 304 of 397 for 76.6. Clears by 1.6% to get into the hall. Um, I've been a big proponent of Larry Walker getting in the past couple years. Uh, so I have my fictitious ballot with me. There we go. I will announce who I fictitiously voted printed? for. Did you print that? I did I did print the ballot, yes. <laughs> Are you the one guy? I'm not. 
So, I feel like a couple of these are going to really... <laughs> Sean Figgins. No. <laughs> Cliff Lee. No. You know, we didn't have a Y for football this week, Nick. No Ys. So, if you have a Y you want to do for the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot, I will allow it. You know, it just, it's not something that just comes. It just comes. To me. I, I will allow it. All right. Barry Bonds. Roger Clemens. Todd Helton. Derek Jeter. Why? Derek Jeter. <laughs> Andrew Jones. Why? That, stop right there. Andrew Jones. That's it. Andrew Why? Jones was probably the best center fielder defensively I'll ever see in my lifetime. Um, when I started watching baseball. His, his hitting, he was a <laughs> – and this is funny saying it because later in his career it's what he was signed for. But when we were talking about his defense – his bat was extremely underrated for what it was. When I was first started watching baseball, mm-hmm. and I played the video games. I remember Andrew Jones not even being the best Jones on his team in and Atlanta. He wasn't. I'm not going to disagree with you with that. Uh, but he is a guy who has a Hall of Fame glove. Um, and you can make the argument, but I, I think he has a really damn near Hall of Fame bat to go with it. And I mean, there are worse guys in the Hall of Fame than him. Oh, I'm sure. I'm I'm. Definitely sure of it. My my next vote. How many percent did Andrew Jones get? Andrew Jones got 19.4%, 77 votes on his third year on the ballot. And you need 5% to just stay, stay on the ballot. Yep. My next vote, have to go down the list a little bit here. Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner, and Larry Walker. That's nine? Ten. Ten, wow. Um, you left two off. No, I'll I'll give you the notables I left off. Uh, I'll we'll leave this. I'm gonna put him as a notable because he's gonna be remaining on the ballot. Certainly gets I think an eye look at given the fact that uh, some of the other players I voted for, uh, Bobby Abreu I left off for me, uh, as well as um, Jeff Kent. Now are these guys you think should be in? You just didn't have enough room. Um. Yes and no, I'm both. Uh, I I personally won't vote for Abreu. I personally won't vote for Kent. Didn't Abreu get called with steroids? No. no. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Paul Canerco. Um, it's unfortunate Canerco was the first person who won't be on the ballot again next year. Um. Uh, if he was on the ballot again next year, he'd probably get a vote from me. He didn't get five percent. No. Wow. Um, Canerco, extremely an underrated player, really was. Um, mm-hmm. Andy Pettit, a lot of people compare him, obviously, with Schilling. I think what helps Pettit and Schilling's case is Mucina getting in last year. So that's something to keep an eye on. We'll get to Schilling, I think, in a second here. Manny Ramirez, I left off. Uh, I think with Walker getting in, I'll probably get move a vote to him. I'm a guy who, if I had the actual vote, I would vote 10 because I'm allowed to vote 10. Um, that's just my own personal thing. I, that's more to me on the way it is than me, you know. Uh, Kurt Schilling, even though I vote for him, I bring him up. Uh, he should probably get in next year. He's at seventy percent flat this year. Just missed out. Now is him Bonds and them all have their ninth year. Next year will be their ninth year. Now Sosa still get it. 
still on their ballot. Yeah, Sosa will still be on. Uh, it will be his ninth year as well, but he's trending very low and in the wrong direction at 13.9. He's the guy I left off. The last one I want to talk about that I left off, Gary Sheffield. Uh, again, he'll probably make my ballot next year. Um, a deal where I just, for me personally, I ran out of room. Do you know anybody who's coming on next year? Yeah, so next year, um, next year, not to knock it, it's going to be a weak first class really? overall. Um, I, your notables, in my opinion, next year are Tim Hudson, Mark Burley, Tory Hunter, uh, Barry Zito, and that's pretty much it. Um, you have guys who are very good at what they did on this ballot, but not Hall of Famers. Uh, notably... Aramis Ramirez, uh, Nick Swisher, uh, C.J. Wilson. Who C.J. Wilson for like two years was the best left-hander in baseball when you think about it. Now, Aramis Ramirez is the man. Started his career with mm-hmm. the Pirates, ended his career with the Pirates. Yeah. Gotta love that dude. But uh, now isn't there a limit? There's like a minimum you have to do to get on the ballot. Yeah, I'm not 100% too sure what it what they classify that as. I think um, it's 10 years in the league. Yeah, you have to have 10 plus, and then... You have a certain amount of They staff. have a thing called the Hall of Fame Monitor. Um, effectively, let me read... I'll read you a couple of the, of the key points. Um, so, an instance for batting average, um, if you carry... Seasons above five, above three hundred, you get um, two and a half points. Effectively, what you're looking at here is trying to get a score somewhere in the one hundred and thirty range of how they grade it. Um, so, for batters, if you bat above three hundred in a season, you get two and a half points. A season above three fifty, you get five points. You get fifteen points if you were to bat above four hundred. Um, but you have to hit, you have to play in a hundred games that season mm-hmm. in order to get to get those. Uh, eight points for an MVP award, three for an All Star game, one for Rookie of the Year. If you get a Gold Glove at catcher, shortstop, or second base, you get two points, one point for any other position, uh, that type of deal, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, effectively, you you're a clint, you're an effective clinch if you get 130 points. If you get to 100, that means you're in good standing. Uh, to make the ballot, so it's effectively what they base it off. That of. makes sense. Uh, quick question for you, though, Nick. Before we move on to our final topic, um, we've already kind of mentioned a little bit of the steroid era with Schilling, Bonds, Clemens, uh, Pettit. Um, you know, I, I think for the most part, those guys are trending in the right direction still. Bonds and Clemens didn't get a big jump this year as they have in the past couple of years, but they did trend again upward. Uh, they only each got two years left on the ballot. Uh, do those guys from the steroid era get in? Yes, I think they should. Do I think they will? I think Schilling will. I have a weird feeling Bonds and them are not going to make it. But this is the thing we need to talk about before them. Pete Rose should be in the Hall Thank of Fame. Thank you. Thank you. We need to stop worrying about these guys and just get Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. The man had 4,000 hits. It's like unheard of. Get him in the Hall of Fame, then get these guys. I think Schilling will, Paul. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't know if Bonds and them are going to make it because you have all those guys that vote that just won't. They'll just refuse to put steroid people in there. All right, I agree with you there. Um, she only can make it next year. What do you have? He's got seventy percent of the vote this year. Yep. Yeah, I think he's got it next year. He needs seventy-five percent, right? Yep. 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 I think he's got it next year. All right. Final topic: Finger Lakes, uh, Wayne Finger Lakes basketball specifically. We'll talk about the East, though. It's heating up over there pretty good. Uh, we'll give you a quick rundown, though. Where Finger Lakes one will be this week. Nate Sharman and Jason Hunt will be live from Red Jacket. Bloomfield taking on the Indians there. It's Thursday at 7.25. They're going live. Video replay to follow later on the night at about 10.45. Then me and Nick, we're heading to the Eagles Nest in Wayne on Friday night, 7.25. We go live on the radio. Both games on the radio first. Uh, for sure, us on the radio only. 725 from the Eagles, Dustin Wayne. Geneva taking on Wayne. <laughs> Battle atop the Finger Lakes East. Nick, I'll ask you first before I go with me, what are you looking forward to the most in that game? Oh, uh, well, Paul, I can't pick the game since I'm on the call. <laughs> but an analyst in this game, I think these are two very good defensive teams. I, I expect the defense to step up. I'm thinking a low-scoring game here, and... Um, I can't make a pick, but I have an idea in my head who I think will win the game. I'd love to see it play out. This is If Wayne wins this game, this is essentially for the league title, I think. Waterloo, outside chance. Newark's faded a little bit. I think if Wayne wins this game, they would sweep Geneva. Yeah, I think that would essentially win the league. That's... My look at it. I think it's going to be a great game. I can't believe they keep giving us these great games. Yeah, I know. I, we're just a, the C crew. <laughs> we keep getting all the best teams. <laughs> like, give us mid likes. <laughs> um, yeah, so the thing with both teams for me that kind of stands out is how well they both play as a team. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, th- I think you'll have both teams kind of jump out with different X factors. Uh, you know, obviously, Geneva with Junior Martin. Um, I don't think, you know, as a freshman especially, he does a great job of just getting to the basket. And he's got hops, man. That dude flew through the air Friday night on that alley-oop against Waterloo. Flew. Um, I think if Wayne can, 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 can kind of neutralize him, I think they're going to be in a good spot. Um, flip the script around a little bit uh, for Wayne. Uh, obviously, you know, I think if – I think if they can get their shots going early and often, it's going to help them out tremendously, and I'm looking forward to that. Now, these two teams went to overtime. Yep. First game. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that Wayne team again. Uh, we haven't seen them in literally a month, uh, at least for us anyway. Um, so I'm really looking forward to see, you know, what, uh, what Blankenberg and Reynolds and McKenna all got going. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Eli Schechtel. Eli Schechtel – Jumped out, uh, jumped out the paper for us. Uh, our first game that we did in Newark. Um, so I think you know if, if they can get going offensively and shooting the ball early and often, I think that they'll hamper uh, Geneva's effort a little bit. And uh, that Geneva team's moving an interesting spot. Uh, I hope for for the sake of our us our broadcast, I hope Liam Ryan's out there 
and healthy and playing for Geneva uh, with a shoulder issue, unfortunately. Uh, if not, then I, I really hope he doesn't harm himself in any way because uh, he's a tremendous athlete, and, you know, you, you just hate to see it. So uh, that's what we got on tap. Any last thoughts for that, Nick? Uh, <laughs> it looked like you wanted to say something. <laughs> uh, I think Dagger Kerr oh. will make an impact. And Mason Blankenberg has got a chance to be sitting next to us at the end of the game. Again? Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I'll say. Dagger Kerr will make an impact. Mason Blankenberg got a chance to be sitting next to us for the Chichinos player of the game. Nick, I'm going to keep it to you. We're at the end of the podcast, yes. so I'll keep it at you. Uh, who are you shouting out today? Uh, I watched FLX Weekly. Great mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Not as good as our show, but it's all right. Whoa! <laughs> I do like Sportsbook Confidential. I watched that one. Kenny's Two Pennies, of course. But John Dragon was on FLX Week last week. Gave Dragone. us a shout-out. I'm giving him one right back. Shout-out John Dragon, our old guidance counselor yes. at Miners Academy. Glad he remembers us. Thanks for watching the show. We do appreciate it. Trust me, we do. Uh-huh. That was pretty cool. I, I wasn't I gotta, uh, I was too, watching it. I was like, holy crap, he's going to shout us out. I wasn't expecting it either. Um, no. So we do appreciate that. Again, thanks uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, if you haven't already, like, share, subscribe. Uh, we'll be back. Well, I'll be back next Tuesday anyway. Nick won't be. We'll Niners. Be <laughs> uh, that's Fresh Ace Podcast. We'll catch you later.